A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Welcome to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. Today, Big Sean, Karen, you know, we got for, for, the, for the audience today, we have a, a new business spotlight. Uh, we're spotlighting another business superstar. So, Karen... Why don't you help us introduce this? Okay, so this is so exciting for me personally because we have my friend, Louis J. Gomez, who is a comedian, but also runs like, I think you run a million businesses. Don't you You run? Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, there's a few, but it all sort of branched out from, um, you know, the podcast network that we started and sort of this fan base that's really, really, you know, just passionate and they, they want to support the, the artists and artists that want to create freely. And, and, you know, just really, you know, we all, everyone got into comedy to um, not have a boss and to not feel like they, you know, had somebody watching over them and you could really do whatever you want. We all originally thought you could just fuck off. We all thought it was video games and smoking weed. And that was that Um, little did we know how much work goes into being a successful comedian, even if you're just a comic, um, because that's a business in itself. Um, But um, yeah, what I do when I got very motivated uh, was to figure out how to turn that audience and that that fan base into multiple businesses. So we have a, a podcast network. We have a great merchandise business. We sell advertising beyond just our network, uh, our podcast network. We sell advertising for fair, you know, a bunch of different influencers that are off network. What's um, the name of your network? The podcast network. The name of the podcast network is the Gas Digital Network. Um, some of the popular shows on the network or some shows that I'm on, Legion of Skanks, Believe You Me with Michael Bisping. We also have Jamie Wait, wait, Joss. did you just say Legion of Skanks? Legion of Skanks, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, Jamie Joss' show, uh, Tommy Dreamer from ECW, Hardcore Legend. Um, just a bunch of amazing comedians. Godfrey's got a show on the podcast, uh, on the network. Um, it's 23 shows. But then uh, we also run a production company that produced Skankfest, which is sort of an alternative <laughs> counterculture comedy festival that's like... Can we rewind one second? I, I'm just sitting here after listening to a marathon of Legion of Skanks and hearing you speak. And I've just met this another new guy. Like, I love that you have multiple hats, bro. I was like, <laughs> now I hear the business guy come out in you. And oh, yeah. I just, I, I, yeah, I was like, wow, you, you really, you're like... You know, when Karen decided asked to, for you to come on the show, I mean, I hope she introduces me the same way she introduced you to everybody else. She was like, uh, it was like, a, honestly, a 45 minute background on this guy, Lewis, from how good a father he is, oh, thank to you. how much businesses he runs to that. And he's Puerto Rican. I'm like, okay. <laughs> My credit's so, only okay, though. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have good, I'm good. I'm on the border of good to great. I'm on that number right oh there. God, I'm I getting there. But think about how bad it was for so long i didn't even think good credit was something that you could have uh, but the way that i was raised i i did not think that good credit was even an option i thought you were just sort of like you know i was doomed to having shitty credit and a shitty financial situation like my mom and my all the family members before me so it's uh you know i remember when i saw my credit was good when i because I, I just went to a company to like you know pay everything the way you're supposed to pay it and right. fucking they i don't even do anything i just pay them to make sure that everything's paid and to, uh, I, I guess there's certain certain months where you pay more and it, it uh, ups your credit score than other months. I have no idea how any of this shit works. I'm just like, yeah, sure, do it. And when I saw my credit was good, when I just saw it was good, 
I that's nearly, a thing. That's that's I really got misty eyed. I got <laughs> I got emotional. I swear to God, I got emotional because that I grew up Section know. Eight welfare. I didn't have a bank account until I was in my mid twenties. Wow. So it was like it, it's such a, a you know it's a different. I wasn't raised right. That's a lot of people can relate to that though. A lot of people out there can relate to that. So that's big to hear like that progression because there are people out there right now that need to know that there's another side of this. You can get your credit together, your business together. 100%. Well, that's the other thing is like, I've been living in New York City for 19 years and it's like, I just moved out to New Jersey and I just moved out to the Burbs and I was like, so oh, I heard, good. so I heard, so I heard your last episode we talked about that. Yeah, I wanna, yeah. I wanna, <laughs> I wanna get a car. So it's like, well, no, 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 you need to go through the process. They, they're like, oh, no, 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 you need good credit. You need to have, you know, uh, if you don't own, I don't own anything. So for me to go and like just get a car, they're like, no, 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 who is this guy? And I'm, I'm just used to getting whatever I want for the past 10 years because comedians live a lifestyle where we just sort of, like I said, we don't have our own boss. We go yeah. where we want to go. We travel where we want to travel. Um, and Say what you want to say. Say what we want to say. Like, I know so many comics, including people that I like look up to so much and respect, like, you know, these old school veterans of comedy who I feel like are almost trapped in like, this comedy like free for all like it is still a brand and it is still a business and like people there's this i think comedy myth kind of and i only realized it's a myth like last year <laughs> which mm. is that it you don't you're not entitled to a reward right like you can grind there's this comedy vibe of like if you just grind 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 and you write your jokes every day and you get on stage multiple times a day and do all of that and hang out comedy will bless you and i've watched people not be blessed like how did you avoid the trap of just thinking comedy is gonna like fulfill itself. Because the, the it's not gonna bless you. I think what the blessing is for some, for me anyway, is I can set a goal and I can believe in it and I can follow the process and the steps in order to achieve those goals, right? And I set out a lot of goals and I fail a lot. I have a ton of ideas that don't work, but I constantly have this belief in my ability to, to to do that and comedy is is sort of a you know you have to sort of believe in this intangible thing like you're telling jokes you know, if that has to somehow equate to money in your bank account it's to even explain so how do you that, do that how do you do that? i was actually gonna say to even explain that i can't even tell you i couldn't go give myself advice like oh well this is step a to step b to step c in order to make money as a comedian you have to be fluid you know this but you're always thinking people, how to monetize it though in the back of your mind you're always on this i'm gonna monetize this like nothing is for free in your in your mind kind of thing sort of now but here's what happened okay because um in the beginning i wanted to just do things that i really liked and do projects that i really liked and things that excited me and none of it was making me money like nothing right. was making me money and i remember when i first started paying my rent off my podcast which was maybe like five six years ago whatever it was like that was like this step where that's I was huge. Like, oh shit i'm making a that's grand off huge. my podcast yeah it was huge. wild it was wild to me that i could yeah. just and i was doing the podcast for the love of it so what happens is eventually i only you only have so much time in the day and each of the projects that i had that i can be involved with have to be worth a certain amount of financial benefit as well beyond just the uh, obviously they have to be exciting from uh you know either a creative standpoint or I'm also blessed in that I really do get excited about the business side of it, making deals and, and you know, the behind the scenes side of it, like what we've built with Gas Digital, we have the most incredible studio in New York City. We have, you know, we have, you know, all of these other amazing things that are happening. We've created, we have, you know, 15 producers that work for us, 40 hosts. I mean, we have people that literally they make their money off of you know, me and my buddy Ralph having a conversation on the phone a few years ago with this idea that we had. And that idea has turned into, we have employees and we have, I mean, it's how I make all of my money and I'm not rich, but I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty damn good. If you would have told, you know, 21 year old me where I'm at now at 38 years old, I mean, I would have thought that I hit the lottery just in terms of like, I didn't even think that was possible. That's like, awesome. my, you know, I, I really didn't like that. My, I grew up in such poverty you know, the idea of having, you know, owning a home, you know, having nice things, that was very, very foreign. And I had to sort of beat the idea um, of thinking small out of myself mm -hmm. because you think and you become emotional about money. You, you know, you really hold on to, you know, that mentality. And especially in those formative years, if you spend your entire life on welfare, your mom is poor, she's on, you know, section eight, she's not working, you know, there's not really much motivation. It wasn't like, the, you know, I'm in the suburbs as well, where there's not like, 
it's not like New York City where there's like billionaires walking by you and there's Wall Street guys and there's this sense of motivation and business savvy. When you're on the, the sticks, there's none of that. So you just have people using drugs and you have people, you know, not really thinking much of themselves and you have to fight against that insect. And that's where you talk about systemic, you know, issue and, and you, know, you know, poor areas. That's a real issue that you have to sort of like, you know, overcome. And I'm lucky that I was able to see a path um, but everyone has that path. There's no doubt about it. everyone in the world. There's a, there's an infinite amount of paths to get to whatever successes or riches that people want. They just have to be able to see it. If you can see it and recognize it, then you go, oh, step number one. Most people think this, what I say right now, unless, unless they have sort of an entrepreneurial mind, which I'm sure listeners of your show do. Um, a lot of people think of this as like, just, oh, it's a self-help Tony Robbins book, but it's, it really, it really is true. It's like, you know, there. I just, I've, I've personally lived a certain, you know, way. And I, I do believe in that philosophy. Well, I'll tell you this, what you say, you not realize it are like the key principles to success, especially in when it comes to business. And I always say we're all born with a special gift and those that are young and rich at a young age, learn how to leverage that gift, you know, and you knew your talent is, you know, is comic and you were able to leverage it and build a business out of it and think, you know, you think, like you said it, you think big, Whatever idea you have, you're thinking on it on a, on, a, on a macro level rather than like, hey, I'm just going to open up. A, I'm going to go just perform. You're like, I want to bring employees. I want to create a brand. I want to create a studio. And that's yeah. all think and grow rich concept. And so even though you think you're all over the place, you're very uh, narrow and you're very finite into what you're trying to do and what you're trying to achieve. And that that is a plotting, you know, and I think that's why we brought you on the show. So people can understand, like, it's leveraging your skill set and knowing how to monetize it. And when you say fail, I, I, like myself, I don't call them failures. I just call them learning experiences. And I don't, I don't dwell in them. You know, I, I learn, I fail. And I'm not as scared to fail. I, I'll I think tell you, you're not it's, a, to it's a different angle. And we agree, obviously. But uh, the reason I say fail and I say, and I do dwell on the failure, dwelling is wrong, the wrong word maybe, but that failure is absolutely necessary for success, absolutely. right? So you start to embrace it, right? Even on a baseline level, if you've ever had a sales job before, right? every no gets you closer to a yes, right? If let's say I'm selling cars, I close one out of six people that walk through the door of that dealership, right? Right. Somebody says no, oh, all right, well now it's one out of five. I should be getting excited. There's a better ratio <laughs> every time somebody says Absolutely. no. Now it's Absolutely. one out of four, one out of three. Well, guess what? I'm about to hit that. that. And that is what's the salespeople, the way they think, they think that way and they go, oh, cool. Get another no out of the way. I'm excited about it. You could apply that to comedy. You know, there's so much failure in comedy. You know, every single night when you get on stage, you know, when you're trying to get booked at clubs, you're trying to, you know, get on television, audition, do all that stuff. That mentality, when you really look at it, think about how many times you've booked something, Karen, right? Maybe you've booked a handful of things, but how many times have you really auditioned? You go, oh, I haven't really auditioned that much. I probably closed one out of three. So then you go, we'll just audition more. It's, it's not glamorous. Like the process of like, you get like a cute picture here and there and like a good headshot, but like the process of actually doing comedy is like not that cute. No. You know, like the good sets no. are great, but everything else, like, honestly, it is so embarrassing <laughs> to do this. <laughs> and it's embarrassing when you're new and then you get like, like little pockets of embarrassment later on. But like, you know, when I was explaining you to Sean and Matt, I was explaining that you're so you're such an outlier even among comics right because i i understand like and i'm sure you do too i'm sure everyone does like the pressure like the the anxiety of wanting to do well with the thing that you've chosen like once you have this emotional connection to it mm. that it's kind of scary and comics like here's here's a real question for you i've been meaning to ask you on a personal level like forever what what separates you from comics who haven't like monetize their brand or like have a strong brand people who are really talented like you and i know all these people who haven't done what you've done and i know you've got like this legion of skanks behind you and like this forms the base but not everyone does what you do well yeah look legion of skanks that podcast started off with a hundred people listening a week for the first six months that's all we had we weren't you know we didn't have a, a fan base or television support and we were doing the most offensive podcast on earth so it wasn't you know it wasn't like we couldn't like you're never going to see big major networks jumping on board with what we're doing um you know i think it's about taking the shot and it's about trying to execute ideas i really think that's what it is and the other side of it i'll say though karen comedy is pretty fair you know it's pretty fair so if you're funny 
and you work in terms of like, just do the traditional route, which is just meet the right people, get people to like you, you know, this is a really important, this is the component of, you know, any business or anything in the world. If you want to be a librarian and you want to move up in the ranks of librarians in the world, you better get everyone to like you. This is just part of the game. It makes it that much easier. Um, but if you have the a uh, little bit of talent and everybody likes you and you go through the steps, you'll probably have an okay career. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's those people that are, it's those people that are willing to take chances that are going to be able to succeed and take it even further. And I think when I first started a podcast network, people would scoff. When I first started a podcast, people would scoff at it. Dave Smith, who does Legion of Skanks with me, who makes an insane amount of money podcasting. He does a political podcast. He does three days a week. It's, you know, he's tons of advertisers. Dave Smith's a very successful podcaster. But when I first brought it up to him, he scoffed at the idea. Like he didn't, and this is, you know, 12 years ago, whatever it was when I started podcasting, this is before it was very, very popular. Um, with everybody, um, you know, and there was no path. I, there was no like, oh, I know there's this path to make money. Um, I just knew that this was something that was really cool. I really, really liked and that I wanted to do and I really wanted to do that. And then one thing leads to the next thing and you go like, all right, well, now how do I pick up the phone and, you know, call up you know, a local place and have, have them advertise on my show. It all starts from that. Most people scoff. Most people go like, I'm not going to call somebody. Like, what am I going to do? But it's as simple as that. It's a, it's a series of yeses and no's. This is how we started our podcast network. Me and Ralph would sh- were sharing ideas. I was working with every podcast network under the sun. Um, I had multiple podcasts. Ralph was working with All Things Comedy, and he had worked with a bunch of different podcast networks. And we were just sharing ideas regularly. Like, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? How are you getting more people? How are you getting the, oh, you an advertiser? Oh, you just called that kind and we have better ideas than the people that we're working under. And we realized that we didn't really need anybody. And then also we realized that we can create a need for other podcasters because we were thinking differently. We were thinking, we were thinking of it the way podcasters were thinking of it. Not only that, we were thinking of it, not like how could we become Joe Rogan, 10 million downloads an episode. We were thinking, well, how can we with a few thousand downloads an episode, start making some money and start monetizing this. And once again, there's a path to everything. There's that, what that's what was crazy. the answer to that question? Like how did the you- The answer was that was hustling. The answer was that was picking up the phone, actually calling companies ourselves, reaching out. I mean, listening to advertisers on other podcasts, trying to find the, the gatekeeper. We, we created from the ground up. Nobody taught us how to do it. We just created that. And that became another business in itself. Um, one of the things that I, I had this idea, this is before Patreon was even being used. I don't even know if Patreon existed at the time. Um, but I went to the podcast network that I was on at the time, stand up New York labs. And I said, Hey, I was like, I got 2000 downloads an episode for the real ass podcast. Now that's not a lot in the, the, the grand scheme of the podcast world. Um, but I know, like, I just know how valuable my fans were the small, when you really look at it, like those 2000 people are really hardcore. They're like underground. They are the ones that are like, they. it's cool. Like, it's not like, it's not this mainstream thing. These are the most hardcore of the most hardcore fans. That first I mean, the core- last thing that I saw of your fans was maybe on your Instagram, I can't remember, but it was someone who had tattooed Legion of Skanks with the world <laughs> on their yeah. freaking face. Like, yeah. it's like you- you lead a cult. I so, the, but these 2000 people, if I had 2000 people showing up in a parking lot and saying uh, like every single week, showing up at a party and listening to me speak for an hour, the cops would shut it down. The national guard would come. And so in my mind, I'm going, there's something really valuable there. I can't be, the network was like, Oh dude, in order to get advertisers, you got to have 50,000 downloads. Simple as that. I'm going, no, there's something there. I was like, you can't tell me that my 2000 people are worth them. So I was like, well, why don't we do a subscription thing where we build into the website, like $3 a month, they get access to bonus content, the video versions of the show. This is literally before Patreon. This is, you know, um, now everyone's sort of doing this, but that sort of has how we, we created Gas Digital. So we have our own platform, which is X amount of dollars. The collective, you get an entire on-demand library. You know, there's only a limited amount of episodes that are available on iTunes and YouTube, et cetera. Um, but this was all based off of just real conversations and taking the chances. And in the moment, not second guessing yourself. This is what's fun about, you know, being an entrepreneur, being a comedian, but you know, well, I'll say entrepreneur, it's a bigger, um, bigger subject. It's like, 
we're our own bosses. We can take the chances. We can do what we want to do. That's the amazing part about this, right? And more often than not, if you are, if you're not, if you, if you believe in yourself and you believe you're a good entrepreneur, just trust your instincts. More often than not, you will figure out a path to get there. I, I there's, um, I forget which book it is, but there's, a, it's a really interesting book, and they, they sort of go into just the idea, like human beings, we are designed to hit goals. We are, we are, we are literally designed. We, by design, we eat three meals a day. We pay our bills every month. Even right now, if you don't have any money in the bank, even if you're behind, even if you're sleeping on a friend's couch, you're not starving to death. You're hitting this goal. The problem is you're setting the wrong goal. You're setting the goal of, I want to eat lunch today and I want to sleep on my friend's couch. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. Instead of thinking big and saying, I want to make a million dollars or a billion dollars or whatever the fuck it is. That's the, it's the absolute truth. And I learned this, I learned this very, very, um, uh, very practically. I have a seven year old son. And I remember when my son was born, I was very poor. I mean, really, really broke. You know, this is seven years ago and just struggling this is before we started the podcast network this is you know this is podcast was very small at the time we weren't really making money on the podcast i'd work a day job for like six months and then i'd quit and try to tour and do whatever i can do it was just just really struggling um and i remember just saying to myself or saying to my chick and you know his mother and and you know whatever it was but i set this goal i was like all right by the time he has memories i want to be I want to have a nice place. I want to have money in the bank. I right. want to be somewhat stability. successful on television, stable, stability, right? That's actually really, I wasn't even a crazy goal. I was like, I just really want to be stable, right? And, um, and I, I set that at four years old because that's in my mind when I started having memories. When I was four years old was when I could start remembering things. So I was like, by the time he's four, so I have these few years to sort of to experiment and fail and to struggle. Of course, four years come and I'm exactly where I want it to be. Exactly. I'm stay. I'm just stable now. I was, I'm not doing as well then as I'm doing now. Even it's three years later, right? But I it was exactly where I wanted to be. I set that goal and I smashed it. And I had to because it was for my son. And what I took from that, what everyone should take from that, is we are in complete control. Complete control. And I should have set my goal higher. And I have set my goals higher now. I'm thinking bigger. I'm less emotional about money. I'm less, I've grown from that experience. That experience right there taught me something. And it was a four-year experiment that taught me something really valuable, but we really are in control. All of you know, those goals are, are right there in front of us. And the path, is, it's right there. If you, I wish we could have like magic goggles to just see the path, but you have to sort of trust your instinct and bob and weave and, and you will get there. One thing that's interesting about what you said, because recently I was, I guess there was a news report that Tyler Perry is, is reached billionaire status. Mm -hmm. And like, if you follow his journey, like he was homeless and then he started doing these plays, like basically he found a target audience that he started serving these kind of these black church, church women and, and church folks that would, that really didn't watch maybe like they definitely weren't like the, the the skank in terms of the the shock value is more the church thing but these folks didn't really yeah. have it's the it's the uh, it's the yin and the yang it's the, the opposite. Yin, exactly yeah. the yin the and the yang. Crowd, but they also everyone needs their own fulfillment they right it's really funny you say that but continue what you're saying but but to the basically he started killing it with these kind of chitlin circuit plays then it grew and grew and grew and then he's decided he wanted to make films and he really didn't need the Hollywood machine because he had his own money that he built from these plays. Yep. He starts making these films that some people hate. Some I'm not even really a big fan of his films. I'm a big fan of his grind. I'm a fan of his yeah. hustle. And these films have now now made this empire grow. Then he builds the studio. Now, like and, I just watch and the it's news a cult like he's filing, a billionaire. It's a cult like falling with Terry Perry as well. Yeah. You know. When I first, when we were Tyler planning Perry. out this show, Tyler Perry, sorry. We were <laughs> or Terry <laughs> Perry too. <laughs> when we were planning out this show, Lewis, I had all these questions lined up for you, but you're hitting so many great points. And really and truly, I think my role in this interview is just to kind of, just kind of put like, just kind of put the business terms of behind what you're doing, because I think what you're doing is actually amazing. So people can understand as people that are trying to make widgets can see that they can apply this to their lives people that are, you know, trying to raise cats and dogs and apply it to their lives. I mean, one of the things that you that you said, like your four-year experiment was an experiment of understanding thinking big. It was like, you know, and then even got to the point, which was the amazing thing is that you realize I undersold myself. Like I should have put the goal higher. 
And yeah. people are scared to put these bars. People are get people are scared. To, people are really scared of success. It's amazing when you really break down people. They are so scared of success, and they're, 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 your mind can be your most powerful thing, and it can be your worst enemy if you allow it to. And then what I continue to say again, when everybody gets like you're leveraging your skill set, you're staying in your lane. Like you're not like trying to be uh, a brain surgeon. You're like I'm funny. I'm good meeting people. I'm going to leverage this brand. And I love what you say because even when we start our podcast, you know, people ask how many downloads you have. And I'm, and I'm always like, you know, initially I was always scared to tell the number. But then I was like, like you said, I have these followers that yeah. have value to, to something. And funny how things are changing now and within social media. Like advertisers would rather have 10 people with 10,000 followers than one person with 100,000 followers. Because mm -hmm. that, those are like, like you said, you can get your 2,000 people out on the corner. They're all more, they're all hardcore. They're, they're all, all hardcore. Yeah. Super dedicated. They're all really passionate. Um, so yeah, 100%. I completely agree. People relate now, like, like when like, I relate to Instagram, like followers to likes. Because you see people with 100,000 followers, but then they put, post something up, they get like 500 likes, 50 likes. Well, with mm -hmm. someone with, I've seen it with 4,000 followers, will have 700 likes. Yeah. Which shows yeah. that your followers are believing and taking in everything. It's that about you engagement say. as well. So you have to be engaged, um, you know, and that, and it's easier to be engaged with a smaller group of people, right? So and the, so the problem is, I think, it's almost like you're like, oh, it's not that big yet. I don't. People don't take it super seriously until it gets to a certain level, but it's it's the opposite way of thinking. Like you have an opportunity to be super engaged with this smaller audience that's really really hardcore. And they're going to feel special. In turn, they become the biggest ambassadors for what you're doing. Um, and that's a very organic way. I mean, in, like we built a podcast network. Every one of our shows grows in listenership. Every single show. There's not, it's, and it's not because of luck or we choose, we don't choose the right shows. We have great philosophy on, on how to grow these brands and what, you know, they should be doing. And it's little small tweaks. It reminds me of playing poker. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, uh, What's the you know, philosophy? It's, I mean, it's just the, the simple ones are just consistency, um, putting out uh, extra content related to the brand, having clips regularly, having your content and this brand show up in people's feeds more than just simply, hey, listen to this podcast, you know, having clips, images, it also becoming a, a part of your identity and your brand. And you sort of follow these, you know, core philosophies. Um, you know, it's not that crazy and we've been able to watch all of our shows grow and we have a great production team. We have, obviously it's, you know, we have three different people on our team that do graphics for all of our shows. So it's, it's, it's great, but we had to build that up. Um, but all of this was learned from trying and failing over and over with all my shows. You try something, you fail. I was saying this the other day, like, you know, Skank Fest is this amazing comedy festival. We do three day festival, 1500 people a day. You know, we take over one venue. It's like a party. It's really wild. It's and uh, it's really, really, people it travel is. from all over the world to come. It's very culty. Um, very and, culty. <laughs> but it started off as a failed experiment. We did the Legion of Skanks oh. summer barbecue for like three years in a row, and nobody came to this thing. <laughs> 20 people. And it was so, we did a couple of shows, but it, it, it took failing a bunch and, and sort of, you know, adapting and shifting to come up with something that was great. And that was the same thing that happened with gas digital. And that's anything, anything you can see or touch well, again, business. It was, it was, a, it was different and it wasn't as good as the final product. Yeah. Once again, what you're, what you're doing is in, in, in business terms, like, and it, it, it this is what, it's what it takes. Like you have confidence in what you're doing. You have confidence in your brand and what you're doing, but you're not, ignorant or cocky to the felt that doesn't need improvement that there's not ways in which opportunity to make it better there's but nobody happening always right now but, but nobody can thing. tell me that you're not in your head nobody can tell you that you're not the man like, but you're open to the idea of like how do we process improve this how do we make it better but it's, my overall brand like is is great but i just i'm, I'm always constantly looking for growth and opportunity which yeah, well, that's the thing. And that's, um, so, uh, my, my last day job that I worked, um, uh, was for Equinox, the, the gym, the, the high end gym. That was my last job. It was a sales job. I used to, it was a, they called it a membership advisor, but it was a salesman. And they told us in day, it was like 10 day training program. They told us day one, this little gay guy, Chris Uziak, who was awesome. 
just killer salesman. And he goes in, he's like, they're going to tell you this is a fitness club. This isn't a fitness club. We're a sales brand. And he was sassy and he did an intensive training program, really, really hardcore sales training. And I loved it. It was such a good, it was, you know, you're dealing with hot, once again, thinking bigger. I was selling comedy club tickets on the street for years for 10 bucks a pop. That's how I started off in New York city in comedy when I was 19 years old. Now I'm selling, you know, high end gym memberships to people that make over $250,000 a year. You're dealing with a different, you know, caliber of person, the type, the way you have to talk to them and the way you have to, you know, you have to match their energy. It's a much different thing. But this company was pretty incredible because what they did was he was very right that they were a, like a sales company and sales were sort of the lifeblood of this company because what they did was every department of this company had its own manager and had its own um, they had their own sort of set of goals. It was really crazy. So obviously the sales team had a certain amount of goals they had to hit, right? But like the, 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 the front desk people had their own manager and their own set of goals, group fitness, personal training, the maintenance staff. And what they would do is they would come in and they would bonus these teams based off of progress within each department, right? And they would constantly move that bar higher and higher and higher. So the quality was expected to be expanding and getting better month after month after month in every single department. And if you know something about good sales, salesmen hit their goals. So you have a company that was getting better, breathing to get better at all times. It was like really, really interesting to watch that happen. And I apply that philosophy to all the businesses that I run comedy. I try to apply it to my life. Like if you had a manager of every area of your life, your health, your business, the way you deal with your interpersonal relationships, you know, your, the way you, your house looks, the way your, your job is, the way you keep your car, you have a manager. And then you bonus each one of these managers to make sure that every one of these areas of your life wow. is getting better, wow, and, better and better and better and better. You'd be a superhero. Or annoyed. That. Or annoyed. He's Maybe. here again, like, yo, let me sleep, bro. <laughs> you be fire on all cylinders because you have people that have a vested interest in making sure that all of those areas of your business or your life or whatever it is are growing and constantly getting better. And if you really stayed on it, I mean, you could really, and you, you don't need to pay a manager. You can be the manager in every area of your life. If you step back and you said, all right, let me just put on a, a dry erase board, my health, the food I'm eating, all this, you know, the answers. You know the answers. Your business. Well, well, your I'm gonna put. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put the manager hat on right now for a moment because we got. We got to manage a commercial break. So <laughs> when is the book coming out? That's what I want to know, Louis. You're, you're, I think you're do a book, man. One day right, I, I, I I'll write a book when I uh when I I have to hit a certain level of success in my opinion to to you know I have an idea for a good book though. So all right, well we'll find out more about this idea for a good book and more with Louis. Just stay tuned with more two black guys with good credit. There's no business like show business. We have our, our new business spotlight going, so keep it locked. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. Today, 
We are discussing comedy. We are discussing podcasts. We're discussing business with Luis Gomez. He is our new business spotlight. Uh, and I have a question for you, Luis, because I know your show is popping. I know the Legion of Skanks and, and the Skank Fest, all this stuff is, is killing it. But I don't want to assume that everyone knows what this is. And it's pretty provocative, the name. It's a little like, it, it, it's kind of racy. What, what, can you describe what this is for people who might be like, what are they talking about? Like, uh, Legion of Skanks, it's, it's a podcast. And it's, we call ourselves the most offensive podcast on earth. And, and yeah, it we, absolutely is. It is. <laughs> yeah. I listen to episodes, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so it's really, it's really important to understand that it's like we, on that show, we try to push the envelope as far as possible. And, um, you know, um, I'm, Puerto Rican, my, my two co-hosts are white. They're Jewish, though, so they get away with it a little bit more than the average white guy. But, white. I just want to put that out there. Jew what'd you say? Not white. Jew is not white. We pass. So you are <laughs> particularly white, Karen, please. Okay. <laughs> Which but, wants to be. I take so offense. We, this is the most we, offensive podcast in the world. Jew <laughs> 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 is not white. Please, Puerto Rican rattlesnake. Go ahead. <laughs> we, try, we try to push the envelope, and we created this podcast. It was honestly, we created it before cancel culture was the way it is now. We might not have done it had we known, you know. But at this point, we've gone so far with the show that it's like we've sort of created a niche um, with, like, provocative, edgier comedy. And it is really all in good fun. Um, you know, the, the fan base, the sweetest people in, in the world, my co-hosts are the sweetest people in the world. We take shots at everybody, literally everybody, um, you know, whether no you're- No holds barred. <laughs> no holds barred, black, white, Jewish, Puerto Rican, women, men. We did a whole episode. The last episode, which is coming out tonight, um, you know, I guess Marilyn Manson's old girlfriend. Right. What's her name? What's, what's the girl's name? Uh, Evan Who's, Rachel Wood. Yeah, she did like a whole like, she was on, on, on the stand <coughs> talking about some like anti-abuse thing. And we just, we spent an hour and a half just, you know, doing Marilyn Manson impressions. And, but we, we do, it's for the people that want that. We don't go and throw it out there. I'm not tweeting it. I'm not posting, you know, on Instagram. Right, you have like, an well, let's pause for one second, Louis, because Karen gave me one interesting fact about you. And I was like, I'm going to ask, was it intentional? Because yeah. I know your business acumen now is extremely high. Yeah. So she says you're an online fight picker. Now, is that is that like done intentionally to for as a business model or is it just your passion, your personality taking over? Uh, so I think it's a great mod. I think it's a great angle, by the way. It's all right. So it's, uh, I, I let my anger get the best of me sometimes. And, you know, we all get stuck in this stupid Twitter world. Right. But I do step, I put my phone down. Like I don't live there. Like I'm not like, I've actually, I haven't been on Twitter. I realized this today. I was, I like, I've only retweeted stuff like the past couple of weeks. I've been training. I'm I'm doing a, a an MMA fight against a guy. That's what I'm saying. You're you're fighting somebody. I'm, I'm <laughs> actually doing an MMA fight. So yeah. I just been so busy, and I've been streaming on Twitch, and I have my podcast and these businesses. And so I've I haven't been on, and it feels good to not do that. But it is part of the brand as well. We sort of have this little dance and this back and forth, and I think the fans. It's a part. It's part of engaging with the fans is to you know, you have this back and forth with some of these people sometimes, but I, once again, I don't actually, I'm, I'm one of these people. I have, look, my, when your mom, there's, I think there's something about your mom beating you up that you don't hold grudges. But when I saw I just you don't, I don't care. Like I, if like all these people that I talk to online, if they wanted to go have a beer and I would be completely cool with you it. Say I just what don't you say, and then you're good. After but you, get you, it you, know what? Yeah. you know what, Louis, but I didn't know until I listened to a few episodes that you're going to have this MMA fight. And I was like, this guy's a genius. So now he's like, okay, most people <laughs> have these fights, Twitter fights online. They're not going to take it out on this quote unquote streets. But this guy, is he really the craziest guy, or the smartest guy? Because now he's putting his hands to his mouth saying like, yeah, I can back it up. Wow. And I'm going MMA now. I was like, wow, this is kind of genius. For years, I picked fights online and now I'm going to take <laughs> it to the MMA. I was like, "Did is this, I was like, Karen, this guy is really bright. Well, I'll tell you, it's doing. funny because unless it's... you get your ass kicked, and then you don't remember anything. But Lewis hey. turns all of his beefs into money. That's what that is. What is so interesting because it almost feels intentional, and I don't feel. I don't. I, I believe like intention doesn't want to admit it. I think it uh -huh. has to be intentional. Well, the fight, the fight, I didn't have a beef with Jason. Jason's, uh, Jason's has two pro MMA fights. He's a radio host, very big audience, 
and I did a fight two years ago, a charity fight against another comedian um, who's a black belt in Taekwondo. And I never trained a day in my life. And I wanted to just test myself to see if I can go oh <laughs> and train and get into a cage and have an <laughs> MMA fight and see how I would do. Right. So I won that fight by decision. Two years later, Jason. You beat a black belt guy. I beat no a black experience. belt. He was Taekwondo. He's a pussy. Yeah. So, but Jason, Jason, if you guys can see, I don't know if you have the computer there, but look up Jason Ellis. He's a tattooed, like, you know, former pro athlete. He's a former skateboarder, like X, game, X Games athlete. And he's got two professional fights. He's been training for a decade. Much bigger task at hand. And I'm, I'm as fat as I've ever been. Uh, I stopped training after that fight two years ago. I didn't start training again. But this is like, it is, it, you know, it's an analogy for testing yourself. It truly is. Like, it's so funny because, like, we're talking about all this business stuff and sort of like it, everything sort of flows into the next thing with me in a weird way. Yeah. So, this, it's the goal is not about, you know, winning a fight. It is to a certain degree, but that, that is like the goal. And then there's all of these peripheral benefits of hitting or achieve or trying to hit that goal. Right. So it's like, if I'm trying to win this fight, I am going to get an incredible shape, incredible shape. Right. Um, if you could say, Hey, if you snap your fingers, would you take a six pack, lose 40 pounds of fat, being in the best shape of your life, feel as good as you've ever felt to go get punched by this guy. I think most people would take that just that alone. Not, not only the fact that I have some incredible sponsors that I my you know, my company has sold for this fight. I, you know, I'm making more money than most fighters in the UFC off of doing a, a, you know, I'm a comedian fighting a radio guy. It just sounds um, like sales though. It's like, it sounds like you, you're, you sell yourself on stuff too. You know, like you're all like your targets and stuff. I know you said you make phone calls or whatever, but it just sounds so internal to me. Yeah. A lot of it. I mean, my, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of, a lot of what I do is just, having conversations in my head. <laughs> That's my whole job. It really is. I don't, I don't do anything. I think that was always an interesting thing as well. Like when I started getting into sales where it's like, I don't like pick up things and put them down and build things. Like I'm, it's almost like magic. Like when you, when you're an entrepreneur or a salesman, like I'm saying words into the air and then money ends up in my bank account. It's like a spell. It's like there's a series of words. It's and then who you know, hocus pocus. Then it's there. If you really, if you step back and realize, like a, from a physical sense, what it really is. Step back and look at what I'm doing. Let's say you didn't understand this language. You were just an alien, right? You're a space alien that came here and was analyzing what I do. I'm going zippity zoppity zoopity zoppity zop 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 zop. And then money goes into a bank account. It's you know, it's it's very interesting when you really under, or no, no, you understand when you sort of break it down at a baseline level, what, you know, what we're doing, you know, you're you providing feel, a service and you're, and, and, and people are like using you, the sponsors are using you to get into your brand, to get into your followers, to buy their product. You know what I mean? It's a chain. It's a chain. Yeah. Of, it's a chain. And everybody's, yeah. everybody, everybody has a position, you know, and your position is I can bring an audience. <laughs> Put, put me in an MMA cage, I'm going to bring an audience. Put me on a stand-up tour, I'm going to bring an audience. Put me, bring me to the Brooklyn, I'm going to bring an audience. Wherever I go, I can bring an audience, and you can tap into that audience. That's what, what you do. What's the bigger business, stand-up or, or the podcasting? And, and has all this COVID stuff shifted your business model at all? The bigger business is the, the podcast network, for sure. That's a pretty big business. Um, you know, the stand-up, you know, the, the, the festivals. Well, the festivals are pretty big business as well, actually. To be honest with you, the festival... You know, it, you know, that obviously was really majorly affected by COVID. We, we lost, we do two events a year. We're trying to do two events a year now. And we didn't get to do either of them in 2020. So that business took a major hit this year. Um, but, you know, once again, it's, you know, it's, it's our job to adapt. You know, you got to just play the cards. You know, you're not going to be able to control the cards, but you play the cards, you know. The best way and, you can. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's, and, but you could win. I, I love that analogy. You remember the movie rounders with Matt Damon? Yeah. yeah. All right. So he's just talking about the, the world series of poker. And he was like, you know, people always say it's luck. Like what card you get? It was like, well, if it's luck, why is it always the last, the same eight guys at the last table, of the world series of poker every year? It was like, cause it's not luck. It's how you play those cards. And uh, you know, that's a philosophy that I have in my life. I wasn't dealt the worst hand in my life, but I, you know, I definitely, I, I know people that were dealt better hands and it's like COVID sucked and it sucks. It still sucks, but it is, it's just another card. We got a two seven offsuit. Are you going to lie down and give up your business? A lot of people did. 
a lot yeah, of people, a lot of, and, and I think it was easy to go like, well, you know, you saw, and I'm not saying anybody, but you, I, I know a lot of people who were sort of like their businesses weren't maybe killing it. And they saw this as an excuse to get out, you know, and for us, we said, well, no, we have to adapt. We have to shift. We moved everything over to zoom very quickly. And we look, everyone does it on zoom, but we said, well, how can we make it look better on zoom? How can we do our own graphics? How can we do our own custom? How do we make sure we have better lighting, better cameras, better sound? You know, and we made ourselves stand out even during that time. So, um, yeah, it sucks. You know, obviously we could have made more money um, on that side. But, yeah, I think that the podcast business probably grew in a very, very big way because of COVID. A lot of people are sitting around and, you know, very, very anxious. They want something to do. So, well, you know what's what next? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. What is no, next? go ahead, Karen. Karen, go ahead, Karen. No, no, go ahead. So what's next for Mr. Gomez? We got a lot of cool ideas, a lot of things. Uh, COVID put uh, everyone in this sort of limbo state for a little while. And there were things that are cooking right now that are just that I, that I just have the flame on very, very low because we, it's, a, it's a timing thing and people are sort of afraid to make decisions right now. But I have a feeling that in the new year, I think 2021 is going to be a massively, massively big year for a lot yeah. of people. Uh, yeah. I think, uh, I think the, the virus is going to either we're going to have a vaccine or the treatment are going to be look i think once the election happens all of a sudden treatments are going to be more effective <laughs> um but you know whatever not to be conspiracy theorists but i think we'll have the treatments we'll have the vaccine i think 2021 will be a really really big year of growth for for everybody yeah. that wants it yeah. i think everybody will just appreciate the entertainment events like they'll just be so appreciative of people are going to go all out you know i was my last big event i went to was trinidad carnival had i known that was my last big event man i would have been running the streets naked in trinidad yeah i, I, know, I just yeah. can't imagine what people are going to be like when they we were finally three like, weeks out from Skankfest before they in texas we, we were in houston doing Skankfest house for the first time ever out of new york city and we were three maybe no maybe two weeks out we were down there doing our final walkthrough for tech like it was wow. this big crazy event and uh, we got, I um, mean, yeah, we just got killed. So March 19th, I'm sorry, March 27th through 29th, 2021 are the new dates. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's very unique. It's a three-day party. That's the best way to describe it. There just happens to be three comedy stages that are happening and podcasts and naked roast battles and pro wrestling. And it's very fun. It's very, very unique. And finance in the corner. And, finance and then in the finance corner. in the corner. Your financial advice. <laughs> right there. We help me improve your credit score after you finish wrestling. <laughs> yeah. it's, well, I did Skankfest last year. I did two sets there. And I was so, so excited. I would, it was such a crazy vibe. because First of all, 2021 Skankfest is going to be wild. You know that, right? Like yeah, People sure. are going to come out in like the thousands. But um, it's so funny because I remember at the end of Skankfest, like the very last day, and things had popped off, and it's such a party, it's such a party vibe. Like everybody is, it's like a controlled chaos, like explosion over there. Yeah. And I remember I like found you at the end of it, and I was like, Lewis, because you and I go way back. I've known you for like 13 years. I know. It's I know crazy. From, but before the kid, before the podcast, like remember, like oh my god, this like you know Jay's daughter is all grown up now. When it, when I met you, she was five. I know. Um, but I remember I found you and I was like, Lewis, um, I remember all the stuff before <laughs> and I remember before all this stuff and now look at it. This place is wild. Look at all these skanks who love you. <laughs> this place is full of women skanks and like, I'm really proud of you. And I, and I meant it. Like, I honestly, like, I know I've known other people for that amount of time who didn't do it. I didn't do that. It was the best time. <laughs> and, um, well, my question is this, like, so are you going to do this forever? Is this your, is this your life? Are you like a skank? a skank leader forever uh i mean i'm gonna i i'm going to run i'm sure i'm gonna run various businesses and be involved in um you know projects that excite me forever i'm never gonna retire like if i had 30 million dollars in the bank i wouldn't just go stop working it excites me to create it's, it excites me to collaborate like you know, when you do comedy, especially, it becomes your life. It becomes your, you know, your nightlife. All of your friends, you go out every night and, like, that's who you know. And after a decade of doing comedy, you know, that's all you know. Like, you know, that's all of our friends now for the most part. Are people that do stand-up comedy, yeah. I'm very far and few between beyond that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that that's sort of, like, built into me where, like, I have, I don't know, I, I have a need to 
you know, this is like my life getting up and working and collaborating with people. That's my, my best relationships are people that I work with and I work with them in a much more traditional sense that I do with stand-up comedy, like, you know, Ralph or, or my, my production staff, you know, my executive producer, Bobby Hodge. Like I talk to these people in a very, very, they have my passwords and my emails, my, my cell phone passwords. Like these are people that like, you know, there's a level of trust because when you're trying to create something unique and bigger than yourself, you have to, it's, it's, you really do have to trust those people. If you want to really collaborate in a very big way and it's not, you know, gas digital stands for Gomez and Sutton. Um, that's my business partner, Ralph Sutton. So, uh, you know, Gomez and Sutton, I guess, uh, but like that, the team that we work with, you know, it's so important that we sort of have that relationship and everybody that works for us as well started off as being a fan of the brand and a fan of the, most of our producers never produced before they worked for us. They learned how to produce podcasts. They came in as an intern and getting coffee and learning how to edit. And, you know, and we have these people that this is what they do full time. Now it's there people, there, there was no such thing as podcast producer when we started gas digital, that wasn't a job that existed. Now there's a few other companies that are out there that are doing it, but we created, we were doing something that nobody else was doing. You know, Bobby, who is our EP, who is Innovative. a part owner of the company now, you know, he quit a really, you know, a very serious job that he had for a decade that he had all the benefits and he took that same chance that we were taking, you know? So um, I, I, it excites me to collaborate with people and to create with people, you know, and that's really what it is. Like Big J and Dave, I collaborate with these guys. We come together and we have our own set of unique things and we, we, you know, spit out this product at the end. And I couldn't imagine not doing that and not having, even when I'm like dating a chick, I'm dating a chick now. I'm like, she's working on a TikTok dance. I'm like, all right, I want to help you with the lighting. And how can we like, like, I'm just like, yeah, I date, I'm dating a younger chick. Uh, so I'm, dating, I'm, dating, I'm dating a 23 year old girl, by the way. <laughs> we're gonna have a TikTok dance. I'm such a creep. Um, but it's true. Like I can't not like, I can't just sit there and not want to, come together creatively if I'm going to have any sort of relationship with somebody. It's just that that sort of was excites me. So I can never imagine me not working like that. Um, you know, who knows? I don't know that we'll have a, a, I don't know if we'll have a time. I don't know how long the world will want to accept the types of jokes that we make on shows like that. Um, you know, that time will tell. Once people stop laughing at stuff like that, then we have to shift and do something different. Yeah, you just put took the words on my mouth. You'll adapt and move on. Real entrepreneurs yeah. do. You're a serial entrepreneur. You'll adapt and you'll figure it out and you'll transition if, mm -hmm. that, if that time comes. For sure. Well, Lewis, we uh, appreciate you uh, sharing your journey, your, your uh, insights, and the success story that is Gas Digital and the Legion of Skanks. Maybe we can do a Skanks with Credit kind of uh, collaboration in the future or something. I would love it. I would um, love it. <laughs> but uh, we want to, uh, again, thank you and, and, and let you go. We know you have other, other business to attend to. So we appreciate your time. And uh, I appreciate it, gentlemen. Thank you very much. You appreciate it. You guys are the best. Karen, you're awesome. Thank okay. you very much. And so where, can, uh, uh, where can people find you, Lewis? Like, yeah, you guys. So if you go to gasdigitalnetwork.com, you get all three of the podcasts that I host. They're all, all the podcasts are free and you just go to the individual pages. You don't even have to sign in or anything. You can just go there, listen to the, or watch the latest episodes. Um, if you on the premium side, if you sign in, then you can get access to the whole library and uncensored ad free, all that other stuff. Um, but if you just go to gasdigitalnetwork.com, Legionist Gangs, Real Ass Podcast, and Believe You Me are the three shows that I do. And um, yeah, just look out for other stuff. Good luck with that okay. fight, man. Thanks, man. Good luck, bro. Good luck, guys. What's the, what's, what's the scorecard on that? What's the odds? And even what are they? What are you favoring? I don't know favorite? yet. But we we we're gonna have a uh, for sure uh, betting company putting the uh, odds out. There. You I'll are be, awesome, man. I was only I'll joking. You're serious. You're awesome, man. I love 100%, it. You're working every 100%. angle, bro. You're working every angle, brother. I love it, man. Mr. Gomez, yeah. it's a pleasure meeting you, brother. I hope to thanks, guys. One day, yeah. Right. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. All right, guys. So. That's it for the, the new business spotlight. What did you guys think? What, 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 what were your takeaways? That went super quick, bro. It that was, was just like... That flew. Lewis is such a cool person to talk to in comedy because he, I think he downplays it a little bit, but he is not common. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's more than even just like the businesses and the business kind of savvy and like the lack of preciousness about it. And the fact that he employs people and like brings all these people up with him. 
Um, you know, he also like doesn't let the anxiety of a creative career get to him. That's it's it's really rare, you know, to talk to someone in a creative thing who doesn't feel kind of both like liberated and limited by it at the same time. I think the lesson I got from him and what people should always remember is like believing in yourself and thinking big and setting those bars for yourself, right. putting them high. But a lot of people set these bars. Like I have, I have a cousin of mine. She had an, she was, she was had an injury and basically the doctor said exercise. So yesterday was her birthday. I'm like, have you been exercising? Well, I'm feeling stiff. I'm feeling, have you been exercising? No. Like if you're not going to put in the work, you're not going to get the results, you know? And I think, Lewis is a testament, like I'm, I put in the work. So I, not even I, I expect the results. He expects the results. He expects to learn on some, expects to fail on some, but overall he knows in his mind, he, like you said, if there's, if it's one in every six deals you close, he's happy. Okay, I failed this one, failing because the next one I'm gonna I'm win. I'm due, right. I'm due, yeah, and you gotta I, put in the work. I would agree with, I would echo that takeaway in terms of the, the, the setting your goals. He's, like he said, we, we, are, we are designed to hit goals It just, what goals are you going to set exactly. for yourself? But, but the other thing I would add to that that I, I thought was an important takeaway is to focus on, and everyone can't do this, or maybe everyone can, but focusing on things you're passionate about. So like Absolutely. he has a passion for comedy and a passion for the podcasting and the networking. And the, it seems like every, like he said, even if he had $30 million, he would still want to be doing this. So I think his passion and his goal setting, you combine those two things and it's a successful uh, combination. So I always say that, you know, to end, to say that you, everybody has a special gift. It's how we leverage that gift, mm -hmm. you know, and I think he's, he understands that. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't settle for the, you know, feel good rewards of comedy. Like, like he said, it does feel like magic. You say some words, podcasting's like that. And then money appears and like people laugh and clap and it's absolutely intoxicating, but the goal has to be bigger than that, right? Like to be like absolutely. the dad of a business, basically the dad of skanks <laughs> and the dad of a human <laughs> son, um, you really have to have it together. And yeah. one other important important nugget he said was why you got a point why you got a point bro? in terms of like when he talked about <laughs> his girlfriend his TikTok young girlfriend mm -hmm. how when she's doing videos how he's seeing how he can like he wants to elevate the product he doesn't just want to settle for oh here's this the grilled cheese sandwich you know he wants to how can I make this how can I plate this how can I present this better I don't just want to settle oh we have our podcast on it's like how can I compete oh we're now we're on zoom because of COVID what can we do to elevate it he's always seeming he's to always think about value. right added value right. he's adding value, value. And even the but believing in himself, him. very important, but believing in himself. And you know what? He pays it forward. Like I've watched him believe in other people in a way that made them work harder. And like, I've watched, like I've, I've watched it. I've been around Lewis for years and years. And I remember like him having an intern competition with people who are now his like salary paid staff who were just fans who wanted to be around the show. Like he brings people with him, you know? And I think that value add paradigm is also really unique to comedy because comedy is a selfish pursuit. It just is like getting on stage and having a mic and deciding that you above all else, literally physically above everyone else should be talking and they should not is an ego thing, you know? And to have it always in your head that you should be adding value and bringing people with you. Like, you know, we mentioned that Lewis beefs and he does. Lewis beefs so much for an adult. <laughs> he said <laughs> he's always got like a Twitter war with someone, but he turns it into money for everybody. Like I've seen him get into- Pokey pocus, right? Uh, <laughs> he actually, I've, I watched a video of him almost getting into a physical fight. Now, keep in mind, these are all adults like in their 40s, <laughs> but getting into a physical fight with another comic and then making up with that person and going on tour and making a bunch of money. You know, it's like there's, there isn't, there isn't like a room for grudges. It's like all business. Yeah, it's wonderful. I think you should be able, there's a lot of gems that were dropped in this show, even for our show. Our next, I'm, I'm scared what our next meeting is going to be like, where we're going to be thinking the trajectory that we're going to have for this, for our own show. So those that are listening. Or, or trajectory, 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 either one. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's above my IQ, but yes. I wonder how we're going to think moving forward. How's that? Let me later. There we go. <laughs> but um, no, I appreciate Lewis. I think he's great. I love what he's doing. Hopefully I'll be able to get some of his energy and our listeners will as well. Matt? Yeah, well, that brings this episode to a close. So I hope everyone enjoyed that and got a takeaway out of it. Uh, and that's it for this week. I'm Matt Smith, one half of Two Black Guys with Good Credit. And remember, nothing changes if nothing changes. And I'm out.
and I am one third of two black guys with a credit. I am a Jew, but also a black guy with okay credit, getting better every day. <laughs> and I'd like to remind you that, as I always say, it's not what you do, it's what you do next. Wonderful. And I'm Sean, the better third now of two, of two black guys with good credit. And as I say every week, your money's your money, keep it in your damn pocket. And hey, if you want to send us a, a shout out, you want to email us, whatever good ideas you have, please don't forget to email us at tbgwgc at gmail.com. That is the acronym for two black guys with good credit at gmail.com. Looking forward to hearing you guys, and I'm out. Peace. With good credits. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.